Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. AEW Spanish commentator fired. WWE releases another respected name, and I give you my predictions for AEW Double or Nothing. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. AEW Spanish commentator fired. During the Spanish feed of Friday's AEW Dynamite, announcer Willie Urbina was caught on a hot mic mocking AEW Women's World Champion Hikaru Shida in a racially insensitive tone. When the clip is translated, it is shown that Urbina mocks Shida's Japanese accent. Urbina has now been let go from AEW due to this incident, and quick, quickly so, given the fact that uh, it's Sunday now. He was let go yesterday on Saturday, and the incident happened on Friday. So, one, two, three, that's it. You're out the door. And uh, good on AEW for recognizing that, and now moving on uh, away from what it's, that should just never happened. You know, the, there's absolute shame. and. I'm trying to respect, and that whole segment was about respecting Sheeta and what she did for the women's division throughout COVID and everything like that, and uh, giving her a new belt and getting ready for double or nothing and for that to go away from something like that obviously on the spanish commentator side we didn't see this on the main uh, AEW. we I, I didn't know about this until the news came out about it and a lot of people didn't know because it, it's in the spanish commentator feed but when translated and when it was found out uh, rightfully so that uh, arena should have been fired WWE releases another respected name. Earlier this week, WWE reportedly released a number of WWE Network, WWE Studios, and Digital Department employees. As per PW Insider, WWE has released Giancarlo Dittimo, who directed a number of WWE documentaries during his time with the company. According to the PW Insider report, quote, dozens upon dozens of WWE employees were cut on Tuesday. WWE has recently outsourced their documentaries to A&E, which has been met with mostly good reactions outside the Macho Man Randy Savage biography. WWE now realizing that all the internal workings that they had with the network and with WWE Studios are no longer needed at the time, uh, given that now... Uh, the WWE Network is with Peacock and NBC, and a lot of their biographies and documentaries and new film work that they've made have been outsourced to A&E, as I mentioned. And, you know, it's a tough look, and obviously it's a shame, but now with WWE going in a different direction, we possibly could see even more firings going on uh, in the future. And moving on to some more uh, possible news coming up forward. So I just want to get the, the basis uh, set here on the Daily DDT podcast. But uh, WrestleMania 38 possibly becoming a two-night event. As per Fightful Select, uh, the subscription-based source from Fightful, a number of WWE stars have been vocal to management about enjoying the two-night split. WWE talent reportedly cited the lack of crowd exhaustion as a big plus both WrestleMania 36 and 37 were spread across two nights, WrestleMania 36 uh, due to COVID-19 and just trying to change things up and uh, too big for one night as they dubbed it. And WrestleMania 37 uh, tried to get as much fans in, in the seats as possible in the limited capacity that they had. But it, it's, it's a big change from the usual supercard that we usually see from WWE and WrestleMania that lasts five hours and people are exhausted by the end of the night, especially if they're in attendance. You spread it over two nights, it might be the best bet. And I think it really adds some prestige and grandiose to a WrestleMania, given that oh, it's not like any other pay-per-view. Uh, it's spread over two nights. That's why you have to watch it. So, uh, good idea. I think they really should go along with it. And uh, I would be excited to continue to see WrestleMania go over two nights. I know some people that aren't 
I know some people like to treat WrestleMania like the Super Bowl. Uh, they have it, oh, one night I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch pro wrestling. This might be the first time I've watched pro wrestling in a long time. I'm going to sit down and watch the, the full length of it and, and enjoy it to its full capacity in this one instance. But if you spread it over two nights, especially, this is mostly for people that are in attendance, you spread it over two nights, you don't have to watch that five hours of wrestling and be uh, happy and cheery throughout all those five hours. You can spread it over two nights and get a, a fresh, a good night's sleep and a fresh reboot for the second night so i'm excited to see what wwe's plans are going forward with wrestlemania 38 because they have a lot of possible storylines coming up going forward into that wrestlemania that we could be very very excited for all right, we're going to get into AEW Double or Nothing. I'm going to give you my predictions. But first, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever. The Lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence, those use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Alright, AW double or nothing. Uh, we have a pretty stacked card. Let's count one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine matches, and ten if you can include the buy-in. I'm not going to give you predictions for the buy-in because you get to watch that for free. Uh, I'm going to give you my thoughts on uh, the, the actual pay-per-view itself and what we're going to do in the first half of this. We're going to go with the non-title matches uh, except the the main event, which is the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. And then in the second part, after the break, I'm going to give you all my championship predictions, including the main event stadium stampede match between the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. So let's start off strong here. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Ogogo. And uh, this storyline has been brought up uh, as mostly America versus uh, Great Britain in uh, a sense of these two countries sort of fighting at each other. Cody Rhodes being the American Nightmare, now dubbed the American Dream, in homage of his father. American Nightmare also in homage of his father as well. And Anthea Gogo, an Olympic bronze medalist, I believe, in boxing. And uh, going now one-on-one -on -one, uh, against Cody Rhodes. Uh, this is also a connection between uh, the American... Uh, the the nightmare fact nightmare family excuse me and also uh, Anthony Gogo is with QT Marshall in the uh, the factory that's split away from uh, the nightmare family so uh, a lot of storylines coming into this match it's not also another way to get Cody Rhodes on a pay per view because he has to be on every pay per view because he is Cody Rhodes and he is uh, you know he is AEW he's one of the reasons why AEW is so successful not just from an on screen perspective but also from a behind the scenes perspective as well. So Cody Rhodes obviously has to get his way on the card. And as I mentioned, Cody Rhodes uh, is going to find every wrestling trope and every uh, possible way to tell a story like uh, they've told in the 70s and the 80s. He's going to try to bring those back as much as possible into the current era of professional wrestling. And uh, here's another. It's America versus a country, but except uh, for instead of it being racially insensitive, where it's America versus a country in the Middle East, America versus uh, the, uh, an Asian country or whatever, whatever. Uh, instead of it being racially insensitive how professional wrestling has done in the past it's a white country versus a white country pretty much it's america versus great britain so uh, i'm i'm fine with that and i don't really see the problem there if anyone does that it's a little bit confusing to me you know if anything this is sort of a call back to the american revolution <laughs> if anything you want to go back to that but 
Uh, either way, I have Cody Rhodes winning this one. Uh, yeah, Anthony Agogo is great, and can Cody Rhodes put Anthony Agogo over here by giving him the win? Sure, Cody Rhodes can do a lot of things as well, <laughs> but uh, I think Cody Rhodes gets the win here for America. Why not? Uh, that's my thought. Uh, would it be better booking decision for Anthony Agogo to pick up the win here? Yeah, probably, to be honest with you, but uh, I just don't see Gogo. He hasn't had, yes, he has had dominant victories before, but not over anyone too, too special, Gogo. So there's nothing that really tells me that uh, he's going to be uh, too great in this match. Uh, but you never know. You could down Cody Rhodes with with one big shot to the gut, and that, that'd be it. One, two, three, Cody Rhodes down in the middle of the ring. That could definitely happen. But uh, I'm going to give the edge here to Cody Rhodes, given the whole uh, American uh, backing here for himself. So, uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes. Moving on, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Page versus Cage. I realize that that rhymes now. Uh, Brian Cage, I think he either wins this match and breaks away from Team Taz, or he loses this match and breaks away from Team Taz. So either way, Brian Cage finds his way away from, from Team Taz, at least further down the line. I believe this is going to be the starting point of it. Well, I believe it started a little bit while ago, but this might be another chop off the, the block, if you will. But if I had to give a victor here, I'm going to go Brian Cage. I think he... he Hey, we've seen Hangman a lot. We've seen, and I I love Hangman. I think he's great. We even saw him get a little bloodied in the Go Home Show for AEW Dynamite, uh, Friday Night Dynamite, I should say. Now that uh, it had to move to Friday nights given the NBA playoffs, I'm gonna give Brian Cage a victory here. Uh, this might be a little bit of an upset, even though it's the, the size of Brian Cage doesn't look like an upset. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, obviously the better professional wrestler. But I think Brian Cage picks up the win here, and a, a longer story continues to be told with Brian Cage and his relationship with Team Taz. Obviously a little bit different than how it was in the past with Brian Cage not following everything Team Taz is saying or doing. Uh, he's sort of going off on his own route a little bit, if you will. Still holder of the FTW Championship, uh, the, the non-recognized or uh, recognized by AEW, but very uh, low on the totem pole of championships. Uh, so as soon as that, maybe he drops, he 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 holds up the belt and drops on the ground and walks away from Team Taz or something like that. Uh, if he loses this match, or even if he wins and he wins on his own, he might do the same thing here as well. Uh, I'm, maybe it doesn't even happen so fast. This could go further and further down the line into the, another pay per view. But uh, Brian Cage. I feel like there's so much story that could be told here with Brian Cage that we couldn't really see from him in the past because a lot of people just look at him as like, oh, Brian Cage, the big guy from Impact, right? I think we could look at him a little bit more than just that now. Uh, he made his debut, I believe, last year at Double or Nothing and winning the uh, Double or Nothing, whatever you want to call it, the Battle Royal Ladder match. Uh, where he uh, Brian uh, Darby Allen got injured. Well, you know, I think where he made his debut in that match. So. He was ended up going on and winning that, and uh, I think that this is going to be another turning point for him as well a year later. Moving on to our next match, Sting and Darby Allin versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I'll be very surprised if Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky win this match because we're talking about Sting and Darby Allin here. Uh, Darby Allin a little bit banged up, a little bit injured in kayfabe, and Sting is Sting, of course. You know, he's, he's a little bit older in age, but this is Sting's first in-ring match 
since his return to professional wrestling and uh, since his debut for AEW. He did have a previous match, yes, that is recognized, but that was a, quote, non-sanctioned match, according to AEW. The warehouse match that he had against Team Taz. This is going to be actually in-ring in front of fans. So, fun to see, and I don't think they're going to let Sting lose this match here. And even if they do lose, Darby Allen's going to be the one getting pinned. I'll be very, very surprised if we ever see Sting get pinned here, at least in this match. Imagine Ethan Page being the one to, to cover Sting. Uh, I would I would make that my uh, my computer background. That would be a, an insane photo. Ethan Page coming from Impact and then going ahead and covering Sting for the win. That would be uh, some some crazy crazy stuff and a little bit too crazy to believe. So I think this is one of the easier choices here. Sting and Darby Allen taking the win over Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Even though I do enjoy what Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are doing. Scorpio Sky, the quote uh, face of the Revolution after winning the ladder match by carrying by grabbing the the uh, flotation tube over <laughs> on top of the ring. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was a terrible look. Grabbing the brass ring that was just huge. And Ethan Page, I believe uh, he he also was involved in that match as well. And uh, even though he didn't win that match. Uh, it would have been cool if he did, but it was probably the best debut of that night at uh, Revolution. And uh, sadly, and uh, not sadly, but uh, along with that, even Christian Cage made his AEW debut there. So uh, Ethan Page yeah, taking the cake over Christian Cage. Uh, it's fun to see. Sting and Darby Allen though, winning that one. Moving on to the Casino Battle Royal. I got my money on the to-be-announced guy winning the Casino uh, Battle Royal. And for the to-be-announced guy eliminating Christian Cage to pick up the win, do I have any idea who the to-be-announced guy is? No, not at all. Could it be Daniel Bryan? Possibly. I don't even know. I don't even know if he's still in the contract with the WWE. I believe not. I believe he's a free agent. And he can go wherever he pleases. Uh, but if he goes to AEW and he does in the Casino Battle Royal match, he better win it. I don't want to see him get eliminated by 50-year-old Christian Cage. I know he's not that old, but that's what it sort of looks like to me in the ring. And uh, if Christian Cage wins this, this one as well, should we be surprised? No. But to me, like, oh, great, you're giving Christian Cage an AEW championship the title opportunity. But he's not legitimate to me right now. He's not legitimate to me. Yes, he's winning matches against people he shouldn't be winning matches against. But I think it's going to catch up to him at some point. And uh, I hope rightfully so. He deserves to be caught up to. I want to see him get stalled in his tracks a little bit, Christian Cage. Because I don't think that's a totally bad thing either for him to get stalled in his tracks. And this could be the moment where he does. He's been unstoppable since his return to pro wrestling and his time with AEW. Uh, but I think now it's time for him to sort of get the brakes put on him a little bit, make us realize that, yeah, he's kind of human. Yeah, he outworks everybody, but when a surprise comes, like this to-be-announced guy, whoever it may be, uh, I think the to-be-announced guy will be the one to to get the elimination over Christian Cage. Uh, if not, the other names on that, that list for the Casino Battle Royal, none of them intrigue me. Maybe Matt Seidel, maybe. But uh, he already had, I believe he already had an AEW championship or opportunity or definitely had his Omega match already. Uh, maybe not on the big stage, but I don't know. I, it's just no, none of those names arouse my eye and say, oh, this is going to be the one. So I guess the to be announced guy, the, the mystique and the mystery there sort of uh, do it for me. But uh, hopefully the to be announced guy is a legitimate name and not someone that uh, is going to be lackluster, if you will.
All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, going to be talking about uh, the second part of AW Double or Nothing, all the championship matches, and of course, the Stadium Stampede match between the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. So you're not going to want to miss it. Stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on May 30th, 2008, WWE.com aired the 513th and last episode of Sunday Night Heat. Sunday Night Heat was the WWF's B-show until the introduction of SmackDown in August of 1999. Heat became the B-show for Raw, while Velocity became the B-show for SmackDown. Though ratings remained respectable for the duration of the show's run, the show was not picked up by USA when they regained the rights to WWE programming in 2005. The most famous and most watched episode of Sunday Night Heat aired during halftime of Super Bowl 33. The show dubbed Halftime Heat saw Mankind defeat The Rock for the WWF Championship in an empty arena match in January 1999. A pretty big match to put on for Sunday Night Heat, but also a big match, uh, well, a big time to do it in the halftime show of a Super Bowl. So that was pretty cool there, but... I believe I saw a couple of these halftime, uh, not halftime, but these Sunday night uh, heats were being recorded prior to the episode of Raw being taped or the live episode of Raw. Uh, back when I used to go to professional wrestling events when I was a kid uh, with my dad and family. And you know, I remember, oh, Sunday night heat. I, I rarely ever watched it on WWE.com, but I always remember seeing it while I attended those events. So uh, always had some oddball matches, but of course it was the oddball show. It was the B-show, and uh, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, pretty nice to have it, though, and sometimes you wish that uh, WWE had those types of shows today. Well, I guess they kind of do, main event and things like that. I guess they kind of have it, but still, there's traction, and there's no real reason to watch. A lot of people watch AW Dark and Dark Elevation because there's some intention and some reason to watch at all times, but... I rarely ever get that from main event. I rarely ever get that from a couple other shows that WWE has produced in the past. All right, moving back to AEW Double or Nothing and my predictions. Let's get into the championships here for uh, Double or Nothing. Uh, the Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Young Bucks here, the champions. I Although, I wouldn't be surprised if AEW put the belts on Moxley and Kingston. I don't think they are AEW ready yet. And when I say that, uh, when someone's AEW ready, usually it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of momentum to finally reach the pinnacle to, uh, no pun intended, to reach the, the top of AEW's championship divisions. You look at John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. They just became a tag team very recently in AEW. And I would expect for them to go through more trials and tribulations before winning the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Young Bucks right now... Uh, they're on top of the world when it comes to the AW Tag Team Division. And I really, really doubt that they're going to drop those championships to Moxley and Kingston. If they do, I, 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 once again, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I would be more surprised at the fact that they did it so soon than the people that they're going on. Because yes, Moxley and Kingston 100% can carry that AW Tag Team Division. Just because of the name value there in Moxley and Kingston. But... If we're talking about tag team wrestling and we're talking about who has carried it in the past and who continues to deserve the, the 
where they are standing at the moment is the Young Bucks without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, yes, Moxley and Kingston are going to have a great match against the Young Bucks. I just don't think that they're going to take the belts off of them here at Double or Nothing, but they can possibly do it in the future going through more trials and tribulations with the Young Bucks. That that, that would be fine with me. And uh, I'm just going off of the patterns of the past that we've seen from AEW because if this is the WWE, Moxley and Kingston would have the belts on them uh, if if they're booking correctly in my mind, if, if Moxie and Kingston would have the belts on them, it, it would just happen. You know, they they wouldn't wait for the extra build to happen. AEW usually waits for that extra step that that makes it even more flavorful when Moxie and Kingston do get the AEW World Tag Team Championships. But I think they're gonna hold it off just for a little bit, just for a little bit. Miro versus Lance Archer with Jake Roberts for the AEW TNT Championship. Miro's winning this match. Miro's winning this match. Miro's winning this match. And there's no, uh, Miro's going to hold on to this championship at least until December. And uh, right now it's in the middle of May. So Miro's going to have his run with it. He's going to hold on to it for a long time. And then he's going to drop it to someone else that's well deserving of the TNT Championship because the TNT Championship has been booked great. Uh, ever since its inception with Cody Rhodes and Burton Lee and then with Darby Allen. Now Miro being the one holding uh, the the TNT Championship, uh, there's no question in my mind that he, this is going to be a long-term type of deal. And Lance Archer has already uh, expressed the want to go to New Japan, not because he's being booked poorly in AEW. It, he just sort of doesn't have a, a motive at the moment. Besides being with Jake Roberts, there's really nothing there for me for Lance Archer. He was cool in the beginning, and he just really doesn't have much for me to sink my teeth into. Miro has a lot for me to sink my teeth into, given his past with the WWE and where his future can possibly lead with AEW. What what can AEW do for him that WWE did? And that's a great story to tell. So Miro is going to have a long, long future ahead of him in AEW. I'm not sure how much longer Lance Archer does in the same company. So uh, Miro winning uh, tonight at uh, double or nothing. Here's a fun match to talk about. Hokkaido Shida versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World Championship. Hokkaido Shida coming into this match as the world champion, the longest reigning AEW champion in general uh, in the company's short history. And well... I think that reign of Hokkaido Shida is coming to an end at Double or Nothing as the era of DMD will be upon us. Yes, Britt Baker will be the victor and I can almost lock it, stamp it, approve it, everything you everything you want to see. Sign, seal, delivered. I'm yours. And uh, <laughs> Britt Baker, she will come out of Double or Nothing as the AEW Women's World Champion. I don't think I know. I, I, I It's almost... Almost a guarantee, I can say, Britt Baker wins. Only because Hukato Shida, I think they gave her her moment. They said, all right, here's your moment. We're going to give you this new belt. Thank you for everything you've done throughout COVID. You carried this women's division with pride and poise. And uh, everything that you did uh, made the women's division that much better for AEW. We thank you for that. And uh, it's been a great run. You had a great title uh, reign. And it will go down in history. Uh, if as you were a great part for the early part of this company, but now it's time to move on to someone who was also there but didn't have that title opportunity at the time due to injury and due to a plethora of other things. Britt Baker, DMD, she will win the AEW World Championship, AEW Women's World Championship, 
and uh, I think we'll be joyous of it. Even though Britt Baker coming into this match is quote-unquote the heel coming into this match, she has the anti-hero vibe going on with her. And uh, I, I can't imagine, imagine a, a, a world without Britt Baker not being the AEW Women's World Champion uh, going forward. Uh, she has every characteristic you could ever want in someone. Uh, to hold that AEW Women's World Championship. And the moment that really put her over for me is her match against Thunder Rosa uh, to main event uh, Dynamite. For me, that match was so special because even though she lost that match, that, that bloodied and gory match between her and Thunder Rosa, she lost that match. But who was everybody talking about once that match was over on Twitter, on the internet wrestling community? Who was everybody talking about? Britt Baker. They weren't talking about Thunder Rosa, who won that match. They were talking about Britt Baker and how great she performed in that match, uh, the fantastic visuals that that she had, uh, the way that she bled, and uh, she put it on a T-shirt. After all, uh, Britt Baker, uh, even similar to, uh, I know obviously on completely different levels and completely different scales, but similar to Stone Cold Steve Austin losing to Bret Hart. After that match, people weren't talking about Bret Hart. People were talking about Stone Cold uh, bleeding and passing out after that match. Britt Baker going to win the AEW Women's World Championship tonight at Double or Nothing. Moving on to the AEW World Championship. Uh, Kenny Omega, Pac, and Orange Cassidy going at it in a triple threat match. It's very easy, Kenny Omega, uh, even though it is a triple threat match and anything could happen. Oh, Kenny Omega doesn't have to be pinned to lose the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Kenny Omega has too much on his plate for him to lose anything, if that makes sense. Uh, th- there's too much value to Kenny Omega for him to lose any championship at the moment. For him to lose the AEW championship, to him to lose the Impact World Championships, for him to lose anything with AAA. Uh, th- there's too much name value. He has to perform against Moose, and it's not going to make much sense if he comes out Without the AEW World Championship, even though the match isn't for the AEW World Championship, it's still the idea of Kenny Omega. You know, you're going against the, the the god, the guy, the wrestling god of Kenny Omega, as he's been dubbed. So I think it's a very easy answer to say Kenny Omega. And uh, I don't see Pac winning. It would be awesome to see Orange Cassidy win it because he looks gr- he looked great holding up that championship on Friday night. But I, I it's against my better judgment to say Orange Cassidy's walking out AEW World Champion. But uh, Omega, let's keep it easy. I'm going Omega here. And I think you should go Omega there as well. Uh, even though that isn't the main event, usually the AEW World Championship, that's the main event of the show. No. Main event, the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle in a Stadium Stampede match. I would be surprised if they didn't put this on the main event. They put it on the Stadium Stampede match on for the main event at last year's Double or Nothing, if I'm correct. So I think that's the same thing they do here. And... Uh, uh, this is going to be a tough one. I'm ready to flip a coin at the moment. <laughs> and um, if you're ready to flip a coin as well, I say you go go out and do the same deal. And uh, I, I flipped the coin or, earlier, so you don't see the, the thing bouncing around. But it landed on Inner Circle, getting the win. But if you flip it again, it's going to land on Pinnacle. It's a really, really tough choice. But I'm going to give you some logic for both here. And I've had a conversation with a few people I'm going to talk about as well. Because this can kind of go both ways. But I'm going to give you an argument for both. So, uh, Inner Circle winning. And I think this also kind of goes for for both as well. Inner Circle, 
they have more time in them. You know, they've been around since the beginning of AEW, but they still have more time in them given this rivalry with the Pinnacle. The question isn't about how much longer can Inner Circle go. The question is how much longer does Jericho want to go with his full-time pro wrestling career. He's been around 30 years. I think he's he's starting to think about, especially after Blood and Guts and the whole backlash from that, and now he has an arm injury. And I know he wants to go to the wheels fall off and everything like that, but and uh, maybe not to a point where the wheels fall off, but at least he doesn't want to be stale. He doesn't want to be a shell of his former self, and he always thinks of new things going forward. But uh, seeing him full-time, week in and week out, Jericho might be feeling like it might be time to go back into the shadows a little bit. Uh, it starts to make you think. I'm going to go with the inner circle here. I'm going to talk about both sides, but let me talk about the inner circle here a little bit. I was speaking with Keith of the Media Goon at uh, the Mets game last night. We sit with the Seven Line, and I'm part of the Seven Line Army with uh, uh, the New York Mets and Darren Meenan, who runs that and everything there. But a bunch of great people there, and I was fortunate enough to speak with Keith. And uh, he also works with um, QVC. And I also used to work with uh, the major pro wrestling figure podcast with uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. And uh, I was speaking with him, and we had a great conversation about the whole match and how we think uh, both teams as a whole look. And Keith thinks the rivalry can go for a few more pay-per-views, and I agree with that. Uh, I think I think so too, but they've already used two of the top gimmick matches to start the rivalry. They've already used... Blood and Guts, a, a match that uses a cage and two rings, and it's pretty much war games, right? Which is a, a huge, huge way to start a rivalry, since that's something that ends a rivalry. And now that they're using Stadium Stampede. I'm curious what they, they're they going to be able to do to end it. So that's what I'm thinking. This might be the end already, you know, even though they've only gone, technically this will only be one pay-per-view they've gone. I'm curious what they're going to be able to do to end it, you know? Are, are they going to go... Uh, Survivor Series style where they have the tag teams go against each other and then Spears and and Guevara go against each other and you know they they do all these um these things going forward uh and they have Wardlow and Hager and MGF and Jericho have their match I guess you know they sort of have to have a one on one at some point so are they going to do something like that Survivor Series style or are they even going to go even more over the top and have another death match are they going to have uh, you know another Kenny Omega John Moxley type death match uh, where hopefully the ring does explode I don't know I'm curious what they do to end it if they go bigger if they go smaller and minute and actually get down to the roots of pro wrestling and uh, let, let's switch gears let's switch gears because that's my only thought with Inner Circle how are they going to be able to end it. And, and with the Pinnacle winning here, it's sort of the same thought of, uh, of Jericho pretty much saying, I think this is sort of the it for me going full-time, and uh, let me go on my individual route, let everyone else continue to go full-time. They can still feud in their individual standpoints with the tag teams feuding, with Spears feuding, with uh, Guevara, and with Hager feuding with Wardlow. And they can sort of all go in that perspective without being dubbed the inner circle, quote-unquote. And uh, even if they want to go split away uh, from the inner circle, we could also see Guevara try to go for the TNT Championship. We could see Hager try to go for the the, the AW Championship as well. You know, we could also see a ton of different things moving forward. Obviously, uh, Santana and Ortiz go for the AW uh, Tag Team Championships, and which can definitely be a viable team to take the belts off the Young Bucks given the proper story. So uh, it's a lot going on in my mind, and and also Pinnacle winning obviously makes them the top faction in uh, AEW. 
even though they are named the Pinnacle, the Inner Circle still reigns supreme. Uh, with the Inner Circle being eliminated, the Pinnacle will obviously make their way to, to the top by being the ones to defeat the Inner Circle. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in, and you can really go either way with it. You flip a coin, whatever you land on, you're, you're, you have a good chance at being right. You have a 50-50 shot at being right. But I'm going to go with the Inner Circle here, given that I still think, much like Keith, I still think they have some story to tell. I still think they want to see it to fruition, given all the bumps in the road, especially with blood and guts. I'm just hoping also for the sake of this match that Stadium Stampede lives up to the hype because AEW has had a tough stretch with main event matches and big shows uh, when it comes down to Revolution, when it comes down to Blood and Guts, and now hopefully we see that tide kind of change here for the Stadium Stampede match between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle, or else we're going to have a serious problem on our hands for AEW not being able to execute in main event matches, because that will be a big, big, big problem for them, because that's what sells you tickets. So a lot to take in. A lot to take in, and I was going to review from the top to the bottom here. I got Cody Rhodes for Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Heyman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. I got Brian Cage, Sting, and Darby Allin versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I'm going with Sting and Darby Allin. Casino Battle Royal, I'm going with the, whoever is to be announced before that match. And I want them to eliminate Christian Cage. That's another caveat maybe I'll add to that. Uh, let's just keep it at... I got my money on the to-be-announced guy. Young Bucks versus John Moxie and Eddie Kingston uh, in a, for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Although, once I, once again, as I mentioned, although I wouldn't be surprised if they put the belts on Moxie and Kingston, I think it might be too soon for AEW's taste, so I'm going with the Young Bucks. Miro versus Lance Archer for the AEW TNT Championship. Miro, hands down. Hukato Shida versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, Britt Baker, hands down, without a doubt. Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy uh, for the AEW World Championship. Uh, Kenny Omega, without a doubt. And then Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Flip a coin. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Inner Circle here. So very excited. Very, very excited. Tonight is... Uh, AW double or nothing and I, I can't wait to watch I get my popcorn ready and I have my, my bookie on the line to see how many of these <laughs> I get right a ton of matches on this card so it'd be pretty crazy if I get a, a decent amount right all right on our next episode of the daily DDT podcast what are we going to be talking about of course AW double or nothing I'm going to give you my thoughts and analysis on everything that happened in uh, tonight's pay-per-view I am very 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 excited once again that's all for me. Remember to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDE20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlocks your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of Daily DDT Podcast.